Happy New Year! Or at least that's what you're going to be saying by the end of tomorrow. Today, Wednesday, December 30th. Tomorrow, of course, that crazy holiday. And the end of 2020, which we're all very, very happy for, I am sure. Not saying that 2021 is going to be much better, but at least it's some light at an end of some tunnel instead of 2020 and this COVID-19 and all the craziness that has happened this year. When I say all the craziness, I don't have to list everything, but this has just been insane for everybody and we all want to get rid of it. So happy new year and hopefully we are able to do that. This is going to be the last episode of Edge of Your Seat podcast for 2020. It's crazy, crazy, crazy year for everything, including Edge of Your Seat podcast. want to thank every single listener, everybody that's checked out Edge of Your Seat podcast on Facebook and Twitter, sent us an email, was on the show, so many guests, great stories, had so much fun talking to everybody and producing the show. This has been a lot of fun. I wish I would have done this earlier sooner than I did. Started October 22nd, 2019. I wish it would have started in 2000, doing it in high school or something. That would have been a lot of fun, way before my time, but then maybe I would have been crazy famous. Eh, who knows? Doing it now, love doing it now, and this has been a great time, and we're going to continue pumping out shows for ever, or as long as everybody keeps listening. So if that's forever, then I'm here. I got a good 30 years left in me, so I guess not forever because, you know, someday is going to be my day. But until then, we're here, we're going to talk, we're going to have guests, we're going to have fun, and that's what we do on Edge of Your Seat Podcast. So thank you for being a huge part of that, especially in 2020 as we didn't just do sports. We talked to bar owners and college kids that weren't even going to school for athletics but just going to school, and now they couldn't. And every time we had a sports coach or an athlete, we asked, how is it affecting you? What have you been doing in the quarantine time to strengthen your mind or strengthen your ability at the sport that you were in? And just different things, making this an all-around show and not just a sports show. Yes, I love sports podcasts. I love sports in general, all kinds of shows. But I also enjoy other things, and I know you enjoy other things, and I know there's some people that don't like sports, but want to hear people they know talk and their side of the story of things. So try to have a well-rounded kind of variety show of a podcast. And that's what we're trying to do here. And I'm glad that it has picked up the way it has and you guys enjoy what you're hearing. We're going to keep doing it. Like I said, I can keep saying it all day because that's what we're going to keep doing. <laughs> but for this New Year's edition, we got friend coach, a little bit of everything, Justin Jacobson on this podcast. He's been on three or four times. He says four. I thought it was three, but then I looked. Yeah, it's been four. He's been on the show four times now, and he's got a new job. Last year, he was the head coach of the Mendota boys basketball team, and now this year, he's going back to the college realms at Saginaw Valley State in Michigan, going to the NCAA Division II realm back as an assistant coach. So he's ready, he's excited, and already in Michigan. Came home for the holidays, he's already got a place up there, already getting his feet wet with Saginaw Valley State. 
So of course we talk basketball, we talk a little bit of everything as always. We're friends, kind of paralleled our career endeavors and moving and changing and adapting and doing all those things. It's been a lot of fun keeping up with them and you know being able to talk about basketball and maneuvering as an adult as we get older and things keep happening. So as always, great guest, glad to have him on the show. You will enjoy too, a lot of great stories and he tells kind of why he decided to leave Mendota right after a year and go to the college realm of things once again. Gotta give out the plugs real quick. First, huge shout out to Brian Cavelli, was a guest on episode 147. This of course is episode 149, so just a couple of shows ago, Brian was on and we talked music and sports and college days. Lots of fun. The longest show in the history of Edge of Your Seat Podcast was over two hours of greatness. Check it out if you have not. That's episode 147. Shout out to Cavelli for making the intro and outro beat on Edge of Your Seat Podcast. Don't know where you listen to this one, but you can hear us on Spotify, Apple Music, iTunes, and the Edge of Your Seat Podcast website, which is www.rss.com backslash podcast with an s backslash edge of your seat podcast hit us up on social media edge of your seat podcast on facebook and edge of your seat p on twitter and of course shoot us an email if you have any anything you want to discuss you want to be a guest you know somebody that would be a good guest interesting story to tell us to have us talk about you want to advertise with Edge of Your Seat Podcast. Any of the above, all of the above, even not mentioned, Edge of Your Seat Podcast at gmail.com. Before we get into sports talk, something I want to just, I guess, unload on, rant about, and this is the stimulus check, ordeal, dilemma, debacle, whatever you want to call it. You know the story, or you should know the story by now. You're an American human being. Even if you're not an American, you kind of know the story. It's all over the news. It's everywhere. So we got a stimulus check trying to help the economy, help the people that are struggling with jobs and daycare because the kids aren't in school. And there's so many intangibles of what has happened to us as a people through COVID-19. And so they gave us $1,200 Said here, take care of yourself, try to make your life a little better with the help from us. And it was cool. I appreciated it. I know a lot of other people appreciated it. It was them trying to keep life alive in the United States of America. So we've been going on with this for nine months, 10 months, since March. It's been a long time now. And they wanted to do another one. $600 is the proposal that was originally brought up. President Donald Trump argued, said, no, 600 is not enough. Why are we giving some of these funds, which there was a lot of funds, to other countries, to programs or something that doesn't even really matter, not helping our cause, not helping the people that we are trying to help? For once in his life, Donald Trump made a lot of sense. Said, why don't we raise it? Let's go 2,000. If you're a human being, again, that word human being, or American, what sounds better, 600 or 2,000? Not everybody needs a 2,000, not everybody needs a 600. But 
Nobody needed COVID-19. Nobody needed to be laid off of work. Nobody needed to have to be tested for absolutely everything that they need to do. Nobody needed not to be able to go to a restaurant or a bar or a library or anywhere outside of your home. Pretty much told, no, you can't go for quite a long time. And then if you do go somewhere, you have to wear a mask. You have to breathe into this thing that you're smelling your bad breath. You are breathing in and then breathing out, breathing in your same air, the same breath. Not all the same, you know, it does go through the mask a little bit, but can't be all that crazy healthy. So many things that have changed, didn't want to do, had to do, whatever, legally forced to do. Nobody asked for any of that either. So I think it's a little give and take. Hey, we're helping you out financially because, you know, we have cut down jobs. With only having carry out at a restaurant now, servers can't make any money. Servers probably don't even have a job. And there's all kinds of different positions, occupations that this is true for. Motels, not really happening. Theme parks, not happening. Huge crowds, attendance at anything, not happening. Sports games, concerts, there's no concerts. Unless you're sitting at home and you're zooming it. Or if you're sitting at a park on top of a hill and everybody else is on the bottom, everybody's social distancing, and that didn't even go over that well. Lots of people lost a lot of money and their well-being and the ability to support themselves because we couldn't with the pandemic. We were told, can't do this, can't do that. You're going to get sick. Don't want other people to get sick. And we're not going to do this. You can't do this. It's forbidden. Well, when you forbid something that people are making money on, you know, there's got to be some compensation, some kind of something. And that's what these stimulus checks are. Obviously... The 1200 we got and the 600 that we're supposed to get, 1800 isn't covering everything. No, that's not going to happen. There's so many people in the United States of America, they're obviously not going to be able to give everybody what they're probably missing out on. It's not possible. Not physically, financially, anything possible, that's not going to happen. Understood? Not going to happen. Even if it was the 2000 and so the first stimulus and the second stimulus, 3200 Not the full thing, but cool. Thank you for trying to help, trying to pump up our economy, our mental health, all that other good stuff that has been draining. It has for quite a lot of people, everybody. I don't know one person that you can have a conversation about and says, hey, life has been amazing since we got into this COVID-19 quarantine and had to sit at home and not talk to anybody and maybe not even see my family on the holidays and nobody that I have ever talked to during this entire time has been happy about it. Nobody. It has been that dark cloud over everybody's head since March. So a little help, a little financial, here you go, pick me up. That's cool and thank you. I don't know how many people are thanking the government. We don't do that a lot. There is a lot more reasons we should say, hey, we hate you government, but they're giving us free money, sort of. I'm sure it's going to come back around where taxes get hiked or you know something's going to happen where we have to pay it back. But at the moment, when things are going nuts, when the help is really, really needed, they're trying to offer that.
I think 2,000 would be better than 600 because with the 600, you're paying different countries, you're paying these other things that don't matter. I agree with Donald Trump. The one and probably last time that I will ever say that I agree with the man, but he made a lot of great points by saying that. We're the ones that need help in America. Not Cambodians, not French, not Germans, anybody that we are thinking about giving help to. Why are we giving American money to other countries when the Americans need it? Your own country is super suffering, suffering bad. Why give money to these other places? Worry about your own people first. That's all I'm saying. And that's the only reason that I'm like, hey, 2,000 is probably a better idea than 600. 600 is cool. And again, thank you. That's a help for everybody. But 2,000 probably put everybody in a little bit better place. And you're helping your own people. Your own people. Just think about that. No reason we should be helping other people. They're not helping us. You want to talk about trade deals and stuff like that? We're still either importing or exporting and giving them money. That's their end of the deal. Not giving them free handouts. They're not giving us free handouts. But if it's your own people, I don't know if you want to call it charity, but it's giving back to the people that vote for you, that keep you in office, that make this world go around. We're the ones doing the jobs. We're the ones making America, America. So I don't think it's that big a deal to help when this thing is crushing everybody. It should be, yeah, we would love to, we need to help our people. Don't understand why we got the Republican and Democrats fighting against each other because of Republicans and Democrats, this archaic system that started, oh my gosh, a million years ago. Obviously, it wasn't a million years ago, but probably right after that, 999,000. So long ago, who cares? Who really, really cares? Only the Democrats and Republicans that are arguing and bickering and trying to one-up the other person. But while you're arguing and bickering and trying to one-up the other person, the rest of us are suffering. The rest of us are waiting for you to get your stuff together and help us. Or be our government that we put you in place to be. We didn't put you there to be little kids and throw arguments and tantrums and oh, well, I'm not doing that because, you know, they wouldn't do that for us or whatever it is. It's ridiculous. Anything that I've read about the head of Senate, which from the Republicans is Mitch McConnell from Kentucky, all he keeps saying is, well, you know, this isn't going to be a quick thing to raise it to 2000 you know, just because the Democrats want it that way. Why we got to listen to them do what they want to do. That's how he comes off. Like, eh. We don't need that money. 600 is good enough. President Trump signed off on it, which I don't know why he did after he complained about it the whole time. Maybe Trump was just trying to help. I was like, hey, here's a little bit of money. We'll help you out with this. Why I'm still battling for the 2000. I don't know. But Mitch McConnell looks like a giant donkey the way he's been acting and trying to not help his country. He will be a meme for the rest of our lives. Just saying. I hope it all gets straightened out. The more assistance, the better. We've all been through a tough time. I know it's going to leave our country broker than it already is. But as a people, as a society, we're broken. We are broken. We need some lift. We need some spirit revival. Something. Because as a people, it's pretty bad. It's pretty bad right now. You see it all over the news. You see it everywhere. Spirits are broken. 
the, oh, I'm proud to be American. I'm proud to be a human being. I'm, hey, I'm alive. It's all like sort of dying throughout this COVID-19 deal. Everybody's trapped in one way or another, in one sense or term of being trapped some way. Finances are not everything, but it does help and make a black cloud a little lighter. That was a pretty good rant, and that went on for a little bit. Gave out the email earlier, edgeofyourseatpodcast at gmail.com. If you agree with me, disagree, let me know. We can talk about this. Or hit us up on social media, Edge of Your Seat Podcast on Facebook, Edge of Your Seat P on Twitter. Mentioned it a few times already because, I mean, we got to. New Year's Eve is tomorrow, today being December 30th. That means it's the end of December. About to be January. Summer's gone. Fall's gone. It's cold. Usually means, you know, it's probably not time to work on the house. However, you can still do things inside. You know, maybe you got to patch up some stairs, lay down some new kitchen tile. There's always something that could be replaced, refurnished, redone in a home. Olson Construction can help you out with that. They work hard to help their customers all the time because they can also do sheds and garages and the possibilities are endless. Brothers Keith Miles and Tommy Olson will use their more than 10 years of experience to take care of your home renovations from start to finish with your thoughts and opinions taken with every step of the journey. The licensed and insured family owned and operated company prides itself in offering family prices with family honesty on any job. Whether it be roofing, siding, windows, doors, stairs, deck designs, floors and tiling, garage additions, room additions, or full remodels. With COVID-19 making it hard to celebrate the holidays, Maybe this is a good time to spruce up the beginning of 2021 by making your home as comfortable and cozy as possible. For a free estimate, call Olsen Construction at 815-910-5982. Check out the Olsen Construction LLC page on Facebook or send an email to olsenconstruction19 at gmail.com. Today being Wednesday, Tuesday, it was a pretty great day in the Chicagoland area or Chicago Bull Nation as the Bulls got their first win of the season. Woo! Took us four games to get there, starting off one and three. But we got that dub, 115-107 over the Washington Wizards. It was a full team effort. Full team effort. Seven Bulls finished in double-digit scoring. Zach Levine led the way, 23 points, 6 assists, 5 rebounds. Kobe White, 18 points, 6 assists, 5 rebounds. Wendell Carter Jr., again, I said this last podcast, thank you for being healthy. Hopefully it stays this way because when you are on the floor, never want you off of it. You are a great player, so much ability, potential, talent. Just stay healthy. Please, basketball gods, Let him play a couple seasons without having to sit out all the time. Because he goes for 10 points, 12 rebounds, 3 assists. Patrick Williams, the number 4 pick in the draft just a month or two ago. 12 points, 2 assists, 1 rebound. And then 3 guys off the bench all scored more than 10 points. Otto Porter, 16. Gary Temple, 12. And Tomas Sedaransky with 10. For Washington, 
Bradley Beal went off for 29. But Russell Westbrook, man, triple dub. 21 points, 15 rebounds, 11 assists. The man is a triple dub god. Only Oscar Robertson did it better. Amazing. Probably could have had a quadruple double with turnovers because that guy is a turnover machine as well. But, you know, you got to look at the good things sometimes. Like the Bulls beating them. <laughs> Chicago Bulls getting that W. I'm very happy. Knew it was going to come sooner or later. They weren't going to lose every game. Only three down, and they were played well. I mean, we had a 20-point loss and a 19-point loss, but they were in it for the most part. And then also for the Wizards, don't want to forget this guy because he was fun to watch. Davis Bertans, 20 points off the bench, hit three threes. That guy can shoot, just a flamethrower. But again, Bulls take the W. The Bulls play the Wizards again tomorrow. They're going to end 2020 with another game against the Wizards. Other things to talk about scores to go over for Wednesday's games. Lakers defeat the Spurs 121-107. Couple of huge headlines here. First, Becky Hammond becomes the first woman in NBA history to coach an NBA team. As Greg Popovich, the Spurs longtime Hall of Fame bound coach, Got ejected in the second quarter, and Becky Hammond, who is a assistant coach for the Spurs, took over. Congratulations to Becky Hammond. Congratulations to women all over the place. This is groundbreaking, and congrats to the whole situation, the whole memorable day that this was for this amazing breakthrough. Not a feminist. But I do believe in equality and all of us being treated as equals, no matter skin color, gender, ethnic background, spiritual believing, any of that stuff. I think we should all be equals. And when you see something like this where equality is at its highest, it's cool. It's a really cool feeling. And that makes me proud to be an American. Not my government fighting with each other, not making decisions and rules and thoughts and progress for the betterment of a country, but our country, our people doing it by themselves and putting us in places to succeed no matter what, no matter what. And that is really cool. That's what I like to see. That's what makes me feel like an American. Also in the Lakers Spurs game, LeBron James becomes the first player, becomes the first player to do everything, but he is the first player in NBA history to score at least 10 points in 1,000 consecutive straight games. So in 1,000 straight games, LeBron James has scored at least 10 points. And he has played 1,270 games in the NBA. That's pretty crazy. Awesome achievement to the long, 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 long list of LBJ's achievements. Also in the NBA on Wednesday, Boston Celtics beat Memphis Grizzlies 126-107. Jalen Brown, 42 points for the Boston Celtics. That's a career high. That's pretty crazy. That dude can play. He's going to be around for a long time. In what seems like a video game score, Brooklyn Nets defeated the Atlanta Hawks 145-141. Always, always cool seeing Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant play together. This is going to be a dynamic duo I want to see as long as they can make it happen. Durant had a double-double, 33 points, 11 rebounds. 
Kyrie scored 17 points in the fourth quarter to finish with 25. So pretty awful three quarters, and then bam, goes off because he can do that like a light switch. Turn it on, and bam, he's, he's gone. So 25 points for him. The duo together scores 58 points. But the Atlanta Hawk duo scored 60. Trey Young and John Collins both at 30 points apiece. They're going to be fun to watch for a long time as well. This was also the Hawks' first loss. They are now 3-1. The Nets are 3-2. Also around the league, the Heat moved to 2-2. Two two. Bucks now 2-3 as Miami gets the 119-108 victory. The crazy thing about this is, is the night before on Tuesday, Milwaukee beat Miami 144-97. Yeah, I said that right. 144-97. Flip it around the next day. The Heat win 119-108. couple other games still going on right now. Charlotte Hornets are playing Dallas Mavericks. And the Portland Trail Blazers, who just beat the Lakers, are now playing the Los Angeles Clippers. The Clippers got Kawhi Leonard in this game, so they're not going to get pounced upon like Dallas did, beating them by 51 points on Sunday and had a 50-point lead at halftime, which set an NBA record. Hopefully the Clippers will turn around from that because they're a great team, really solid roster. guess they just need Kawhi, and why not? He's an MVP caliber player year in and year out. Hopefully the Bulls can rack up some more W's. That's what we like to see and what we like to talk about at Edge of Your Seat Podcast. The next segment is about the NFL. Week 17, the last week of the regular season before the playoffs begin. Lots of fun and excitement and I'm ready. I'm ready. I want to watch some football. I want to see this last week. So many of these games are so important. And bringing the week 17 segment to you is Shimmer Mendota Ford, a community dealership that is here for you. We got to start with the Bears, right? Got to, got to, got to, got to. Highly, highly important game last week of the season against the arch nemesis, the rival Green Bay Packers. The Green Bay Packers come into the game at 12 and three. It is at Chicago. The Bears are eight and seven. Lots of things on the line here. For the Bears to get into the playoffs, right now they're in the last wild card spot. Three wild card spots, they're in the last one. If they win, they're in. They're golden. Nobody's taking that from them. If the Bears beat the Packers, there is nothing to worry about at all. Not at all. Bears are in the playoffs. We love to see them at 9-7. and seven. Cool with that. Way better than I thought they were going to finish. Awesome. Very, very pumped up. Excited about that. So let's break down all the scenarios. Bears win, they're in regardless. If Bears lose and Cardinals lose, the Bears are still in. If the Bears lose and the Cardinals win, the Cardinals take that spot from the Bears. Bears are out of the playoffs. Ugh, do not want that to happen. The Rams could be out of the playoffs if the Bears win and the Cardinals win. Now, if the Bears lose, then the Rams are in regardless. Cardinals have to win or they're gone. But I don't care about the Rams. Don't care about the Cardinals. It's been fun watching them, but we only care about the Chicago Bears. True. But the Packers are also playing for something, too, as they're trying to lock up the number one seed, which would give them the bye week for the first week of the playoffs. 
they sit at 12 and 3. Saints and Seahawks are 11 and 4. However, the Packers beat the Saints earlier in the season, so they got that tiebreaker. It's all about the Seahawks. If Packers lose and the Seahawks win, they're playing the 49ers, then the Seahawks would take that number one spot from the Packers. And it would also help them if the Saints lose, which I would be cool with seeing that. Packers don't need to have a bye week. No, not at all. I'm just scared about the Bears' secondary. It's been beat up. They've been thrown on. If a running back gets out of the line, if they can make it past the first line of resistance, then they're going to be all right to get more yards because the secondary is banged up and not looking good. So for the picks this week, I did pick the Packers. Do I want the Packers to win? Really? In reality? No. But when you got jelly beans on the line, you do what's best for the jelly beans. I will always be a Bears fan, and if the Bears win this game, I am not going to be mad, not going to be sad, and I will hand jelly beans over. I did not put jelly beans on this game alone, but in the world of pickums, I am in a position where I could eat more jelly beans with a lot of points coming my way. So, I'm going to go Packers, want the Bears to win, if that makes sense. I know diehard football fans that have diehard teams are like, no, you got to always root for your team. I am rooting for my team. When I'm going to watch a game, I'm going to wear a Chicago Bears shirt, Chicago Bears hat, and I am going to be glued to the TV wanting the Bears to win. But when it comes to jelly beans, yeah, I'm going to put it on the team that I think has a better shot of winning. That's how it goes. I know that sounds crazy, but that's how I do it. A lot of people do it that way. You got to. You got to be able to separate the two from your fandom, the team that you love, you grew up on, and, you know, putting your stones, jelly beans, eggs in the right basket cowboys at the giants cowboys are six and nine giants are five and ten they're both playing for a playoff spot because the nfc east is kind of wide open between the cowboys the giants and the washington football team who are playing the other team in the nfc east the philadelphia eagles who are already eliminated from the playoffs at the moment washington sits at top at six and nine cowboys six and nine right behind them washington loses cowboys win they're in there. Then you got the Giants, 5-10. and 10. If the Giants are able to beat the Cowboys and Washington lose to Philadelphia, then the Giants take that spot. Because let's face it, at six wins, seven wins, you're only getting one spot for the NFC East. You are not getting a wild card spot. Not at all. But it is kind of cool to see what happens here with this bad division in football. This was the worst division this year. And to see what happens. Because even at the end, it seems like teams are playing better. Cowboys have stepped it up a little bit. The Giants have stepped it up. Washington for sure has turned around. Eagles even playing a little better after they bench Carson Wentz. Put in Jalen Hurts, who I love. I think he's going to be a great quarterback. Just not this year. He's got some things he's got to work on. Eagles got some things that they got to improve. So they're not going to make the playoffs this year. But... They're going to be dangerous in the future if they keep things the way they are or improve on them. But for Pick'em's sake, I went Cowboys. I think they got enough to beat the Giants. They have looked good as of late. There are five teams in the AFC who are 10-5, and five, all battling for a place in the playoffs. Starts with the Dolphins at 10-5. and five. They are going up against the Buffalo Bills, who are 12-3. and three going to be really really tough game for both of them both are great teams both have great 
defenses. Dolphins got Ryan Fitzpatrick, whether he starts or comes off the bench as a quarterback. He's got that magic, man, that fits magic. Never want to see him in a game if you're an opponent. And they have a lot of good skill players. I really like the Dolphins. I want to see them in the playoffs. But I really like the Bills, too. But the Bills are in the playoffs. They're not going to miss out. So, again, we're in one of those positions. I want to see the Dolphins win. But, pick them sake, jelly beans sake, I am going Buffalo Bills. While the Dolphins have their playoff life on the line, the Bills are trying to fight for playoff seeding. If they win, they could possibly take the second seed away from the Steelers, who are also 12-3. The Steelers lose their game against the Browns, and the Bills beat the Dolphins, then the Bills are in the second seed behind the already locked in number one Kansas City Chiefs. So it means something for the Bills too. So they're not going to bench their players or not play their game. They're coming at you because they want to probably go up in the standings. Make it a little easier for the playoff run here. Another 10-5 team in the AFC trying to stay in the playoff race. The 10-win Baltimore Ravens are playing the Cincinnati Bengals, who are 4-10-1. I think this is going to be an easy game for the Ravens, and I think they're going to lock their spot in the playoffs. Another one of those five teams with the 10-5 record, the Cleveland Browns, playing the Pittsburgh Steelers at 12-3. This is a 50-50 game. Steelers have been playing awful football. Browns, oh, they choked against the Jets. Uh, not looking that great as of the last couple weeks, but they got the talent and the team to turn around and be able to play with anybody. And obviously, Browns playing to get in the playoffs, and the Steelers trying to keep their number two seed without the Buffalo Bills taking it from them. So a lot to play in this game as well. It's a 50-50 game. I want to see the Browns in, just like I want to see the Dolphins in the playoffs. Those are two underdog teams that I would love to see in. Different faces, different team, switch things up a little bit. However, I just don't think the Browns are going to beat the Steelers, just like I don't think the Dolphins are going to beat the Bills. I hate to say that, but that's the way I look at it. I just don't see it happening. Vikings 6-9 at Lions 5-10. This game means nothing to nobody except bragging rights. I'm going to go Vikings. I think they got a better team. The Jets at 2-13 against the New England Patriots 6-9. Patriots do not look good. The Jets have won their last two games and have done it in cool style. Like, they look like they're having fun. And they already threw away the number one pick, so now the Jaguars are probably going to take Trevor Lawrence from Clemson, the amazing quarterback. So why not win another one? Why not take out New England? I'm going to go Jets. Falcons 4-11 at Buccaneers 10-5. The Bucks at 10 and 5 are sitting in the fifth seed right now in the playoffs. They're not going to miss out of the playoffs, but of course they would rather beat the Falcons than lose. They're not going to take the NFC South title away from the Saints, even if they're both at 11 and 5 because the Saints have beat the Buccaneers twice. I don't think the Falcons are going to hang with the Bucks. I just really don't. No way. The 7 and 8 Raiders at the 5 and 10 Denver Broncos. Another game that doesn't mean anything except for bragging rights, and this is a rivalry. I'm going to go Raiders. The Colts, also one of those five teams with a 10-5 record in the AFC. They are the team that is sitting out right now. They're on the bubble trying to get in, and they got the best shot. 
They're going against the 1-14 Jacksonville Jaguars. Colts looked really good against the Steelers until the end when they let them come back. But I don't think that happens against the Jacksonville Jaguars. Colts are my lock of the week to smash. They're going to smash. Hawk smash. Chargers 6-9 at the Kansas City Chiefs 14-1. Patrick Mahomes is not going to play. I don't know if Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey, all the studs that the Kansas City have, if they are going to put them in against the Chargers. Because let's face it, they lose the game, they're still the number one seed in the AFC and get the first round bye. It doesn't matter to them. The Chargers, coming off a couple hot victories against the Raiders and the Broncos, why not try to knock off the Chiefs as well? I'm going to go Chargers. I'm putting one confidence point on this. But I'm going to go Chargers. I think they're going to shock them or take a hand-me victory. Whatever way you want to put it, I think Chargers are going to walk away with it. Cardinals, 8-7 at the Rams, 9-6. I have laid out everything that this game means to the Bears, the Cardinals, and the Rams. If you're a Chicago Bears fan, you want the Cardinals to lose just as much as you want the Bears to beat the Packers. That's how you should look at both of these games. I'm going to go Rams. I know Jared Goff is not in. Kyler Murray is going to play with the Cardinals, but there was questions because he hurt his leg. Not trying to see a man hurt, but, you know, he gets a stinger or something like that. It could change the complexion of this game. I'm going to go Rams. And Coach Sean McVay is pumped up about the backup quarterback for the Rams, John Wolfman. So, if he is, then I am. Let's go Rams. Seahawks 11-4 at the 49ers 6-9. Again, this is a placement game for the Seahawks. Trying to see what seed they're going to enter the playoffs. Think they're going to play like it's a normal game. Not sit anybody and go after the 49ers. I got Seahawks. Saints 11-4 at the Carolina Panthers. Again, another placement game. Saints are 11-4. Panthers 5-10. I got the Saints. Titans, the fifth team of the 10-5 group for the AFC. They are in right now, but if they lose and the Colts win, then the Colts would take that spot given to the AFC South division. The Titans and the Colts split their games in the regular season. The good news for the Titans is, is they got the second easiest game of Week 17 against the 4-11 Houston Texans. I think this is going to be a wash for the Titans, and they're going to smack them. And then Monday Night Football, Washington 6-9 at Philadelphia Eagles 4-10-1. I'm going with Eagles to upset Washington. Jalen Hurts has been playing well. Defense looked okay. Washington is having quarterback drama, injuries. I think the Eagles are going to take them. It's not like Washington is world beaters. Nobody in NFC East is world beaters. I think Eagles got this. I'm going with them. Got to go with them. So those are my picks. I went Packers, Cowboys, Bills, Ravens, Steelers, Vikings, Jets, Bucks, Raiders, Colts, Chargers, Rams, Seahawks, Saints, Titans, Eagles. Hopefully that's the winning combination, even though I really don't want that to be the winning combination. Like I said, you got to pick how you got to pick for jelly beans, right? The NFL Week 17 segment was brought to you by Shimmer Mendota Ford. Mendota Ford is a community dealership dedicated to being community first. It's December, the last few days of a treacherous 2020. 
Mendota Ford wants to usher in a better 2021 with an end of the year sale like never before. New management leads the team into the new year as Ski Hartman brings 10 years of experience with a pressure-free, no-hassle approach for your buying experience. This is not just an ad, that is real life. I went and bought a car from Ski Hartman and Shimmer Mendota Ford in November and it was the best buying experience I've ever had with a car. It's my sixth car. I didn't feel shysted. I didn't feel used. I didn't feel like they were just selling me something to get it out of the lot. I felt like they wanted to know what I wanted and wanted to help me find it. That was the coolest experience buying a car I have ever had and I may not go anywhere else ever again because of the experience I had. And everybody there was very, very, very friendly. So go visit my friends who can now be your friends in Ski, Jason, Tony, and Doug at Shimmer Mendota Ford located just south of Mendota on 251. Contact them at 815-539-9314 or visit MendotaFord.com. It's not end of December, beginning of January without college football bowl season. Lots of bowls going on. Cool to watch. Always cool to watch football. Who doesn't like watching football? If you don't like football, you might be in the other beginning rants about not being an American. You gotta love football. Well, at least you should. <laughs> on Tuesday, I watched the Alamo Bowl. Number 20, Texas whooped Colorado 55-23. It was a 14-0 game. Then it was 14-7. Texas just put on the gas pedal, laid on it, and just smacked them. It was a smackathon. That's what I was calling it as I was watching it. Smackathon game for Texas. Colorado looked outmanned, outsized, more talent on Texas. They just did not look like they could play with them. They definitely had the smallest, weakest, shortest guns in the Alamo Bowl. Also on Tuesday was the Cheez-It Bowl. Oklahoma State ranked 21, defeated 18th ranked Miami 37-34. Really close game. That was also cool to watch. I was kind of flipping back between that and a couple other things and saw a couple cool plays. Cool to see Oklahoma State get a win over Miami. You know, Miami's got that reputation of just being dominant. Maybe not so much in you know 2020 and the late 20 teens, but still a story program. Kind of cool to see them get knocked off. A little upset, 21 over 18 in the Cheez-It Bowl, which I love Cheez-It, so I wanted to watch the Cheez-It Bowl. Today's bowl games. We had Duke's Mayo Bowl. Wisconsin thumped Wake Forest 42-28. I saw the first half. Oklahoma dominated Florida. Number six, Oklahoma. Number seven, Florida. Final score was 55-20. Oklahoma made Florida look like little boys. Spencer Rattler, the Oklahoma quarterback, three touchdowns. As he went 14-23 for 247 yards, also had a rushing touchdown. Running back Ramon J. Stevenson, 18 carries for 186 yards and a touchdown. Beastly, 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 beastly. Oklahoma just deserved the Cotton Bowl win. They took the Cotton Bowl in every sense of the term. Just dominated. Bowls coming up tomorrow, Thursday, New Year's Eve day. Armed Force Bowl. 
Number 24, Tulsa, who is 6-2 against Mississippi State, 3-7. I might as well do pickums here, too. Why not? I'm going to go Tulsa. The Arizona Bowl, 6-1 Ball State against San Jose State, which are 7-0. They're also ranked 22nd in the country. I'm going to go Ball State. I think they're going to sort of upset. I mean, they're ranked 22nd, San Jose State is. But Ball State's a good program out of the MAC, the same conference as Northern Illinois Huskies. I'm going to go Ball State. Liberty Bowl, West Virginia at 5-4 against Army 9-2. I'm going Army. I don't think they're going to lose to West Virginia. Those are the bowls for Thursday. Friday on New Year's Day, we got the college football playoff semifinals. In the Rose Bowl, number four, Notre Dame. Number one, Alabama. Notre Dame is 10-1, lost to Clemson. Alabama is 11-0. I'm going to go Alabama. The Sugar Bowl, number three, Ohio State is 6-0 against Clemson. 10-1, lost to Notre Dame. I am going to go Clemson. It's going to be Alabama and Clemson in the college football playoff championship game, in my opinion. Two other bowls going on on Friday. The Peach Bowl, number nine, Georgia at 7-2 against number eight, Cincinnati, 9-0. I'm going to give Cincinnati some props here. They've been undefeated. They've been playing great football and have been overlooked because they're not a huge football school. Prove us wrong. Beat Georgia. This is your time. I'm going to go Cincinnati. Citrus Bowl. Auburn at 6-4 against number 14, Northwestern at 6-2. I'm going to go Northwestern. They're in the Big Ten. They're ranked in the top 25. I'm going to go Northwestern. This is that time of the year where it's awesome because we got football playoffs, and then it's awful, awful, awful because we have football playoffs, and that means in a couple weeks there's not going to be any for a little bit. It's the worst time but the best time of the year all at the same time. That's tough to handle. So tough. So tough. What's also tough is getting in shape or staying physically fit. You know, there are tons of factors working against us. Against us all. Time and work schedules. A lack of a support system. Maybe motivation is low. Don't want to be judged or criticized if not supporting a gym rat body. Maybe injuries or physical restrictions. However, there is a place where these no's or maybe's become yeses. LP CrossFit. LP CrossFit located at the Prue Mall across from Secret Nails offers a weekly schedule of classes for any level of fitness. It's just not one time, not one day a week. There are many options and classes only last one hour. Support group LP CrossFit is a diverse community focused on fun and hard work. All members know each other's names and support one another during workouts. Motivation? The trainers at LP CrossFit help you reach your goals and get into the best shape of your life with workouts of numerous movements, including body weight, gymnastic, and barbell. Everyone is guided, pushed, at a productive, comfortable level. If you're an experienced athlete or getting your first taste of physical fitness, everyone is welcomed and viewed as equals. You would go at your own pace. You want to go hard? Hello, how are you? Go get at it. That's how you're welcome. You want a more relaxed approach? You're going to receive the same welcome. Hello, how are you? Go get at it. Injuries and mobility restrictions are a huge priority at LP CrossFit as all small group classes are coach-led and movements are infinitely scalable for all members. 
LP CrossFit opens all doors for everyone. Check out LP CrossFit on Facebook or at lpcrossfit.com. Well, we have a great interview ahead with Justin Jacobson. Definitely dive into that. Great guy. Great opportunity for him on the NCAA Division II scale, being an assistant coach for Saginaw Valley State in Michigan. So congrats to him for the move. Know he's got the knowledge, the basketball IQ to help out that program. And Happy New Year. You're not going to hear from Edge of Your Seat podcast before the special holiday, the special welcoming in 2021 and pushing, far push, hard push, Derrick Henry, Heisman-like stiff arm push 2020 away from us. Hope you have a great new year. Do all the things you want to do. Chill with family, sit and veg, eat some good food, whatever you want to do, enjoy it to the best of your abilities. Until next time, peace. It's always a good time to catch up with friends. Last time we did this, we just like right off the cuff, we're like, hey, what are you doing? Let's talk podcast style. So we did it. Of course, I am talking about Justin Jacobson. Justin, what's going on, my friend? Not a whole heck of a lot, you know, trying to survive the last of the 2020 season. Yeah, it's been a pretty crazy year. I'm ready for it to get over, but I'm not going to be like, oh, 2021 is going to be so much better. I believe the days of saying phrases like that after what 2020 brought are kind of over, at least for now. I agree. I agree. It's pretty much let's live each day the best we can. No doubt about that. Reason I got you on this time, not just a friendly chat, even though they're all friendly chats. You were Mendota boys head coach for basketball the last time we spoke. Since then, you are no longer with Mendota, and you have moved on back to the college ranks with Saginaw Valley. Talk about your moves. What's going on here? So Saginaw Valley State is a NCAA Division II. It was an opportunity that I just kind of couldn't pass up. It would be the highest level that competitively that I would have been coaching at, and it just felt like a good fit talking with the powers that be up here in uh, Saginaw Valley. So I had to jump, and I'm happy I did. Where is Saginaw Valley? It's really weird. If you look at the map, you know, everybody in Michigan, and I'm starting to do this too, it looks like a mitten, right? So it's right above kind of where your thumb and your pointer finger meet. It's kind of north of that way. Roughly about an hour and a half, hour and 45 minutes north of Detroit. So you would be like northeast on Michigan? Yes. Yes. Gotcha. Have tons of family in the UP and have been to Detroit a couple times. Actually went to a baseball game there a couple times. And it's a cool place. Detroit, kind of scary, but you're at least not in Detroit. Right. And just for... You know, reference point coming from a couple years ago at Michigan Dearborn, about an hour and 20 minutes north of that. So, you know, there's there's some friends, there's some uh, familiarity in the area. Gotcha, gotcha. What is it about Michigan that keeps bringing you back for some basketball? Honestly, I didn't think I'd be a Michigan guy, but it turns out that the state's got pretty good hoops. And... You know, I go where I'm wanted, and I go where it's necessary for me to grow, and this was uh, the best opportunity at the time. Awesome, and you're going there as an assistant coach? 
yep, I'm an assistant coach. And then there's talks of, you know, the extra job, which uh, for me will be residence director to make sure all of our recruits, uh, all of our student athletes have a place to live, whether on campus or not on campus. So my job will be to make sure that the transition to college in this, especially this COVID times, is as easy as it can be. Basketball-wise, as an assistant coach, have you kind of talked with the powers-to-be of what they want from you? No, because of the, the way we're set up right now, gearing up, ready to go December 28th, and that's when kind of my role will be defined. I know that I'm not the only assistant coach, and I know that I'm not the top dog assistant coach, so I'm coming in with an open mind, I'm open attitude, and willing to do whatever the head coach needs so his job is easier and our season is successful. Gotcha. That sounds like a diplomatic answer, but sounds like you know what you're doing. Yeah. Honestly, I just don't know what's expected of me yet. Uh, I know there's going to be a heavy rely on my film and my player development stuff that I've, you know, kind of made a pseudo sort of unquote quotable career out of. But who knows? You know, I'll do whatever they ask me to do as long as they're willing to keep me on staff. Have they started play at all? No. So the conference decided that they weren't going to start games until after the first of the year. I know some schools in Michigan, I know school, I mean, NCAA Division One is playing. I know people that can figure out a way to go. Our administration and our conference decided that we're going to start after the first of the year. And our first game is set for January 8th. So we're plugging along to get to there. There's practices take one day off a week, and we try to set up as game-like of a scrimmage as possible within our squad, within our team. But that only goes so far as well. It is crazy how this COVID-19 has, you know, pushed sports around and things like that. I get it. Health-wise, safety-wise, always important. But IVCC... At the junior college level, we have been given like three or four different dates. Now I think it's uh, it was January 22nd is when the season was supposed to start. But a few teams in our conference have canceled their seasons completely. So at the moment, no idea what is going on. But hopefully we can uh, resume basketball soon enough. Well, here's a little, uh, I guess, breaking news for your podcast. Uh, the men's side of Blackhawk College, their coach resigned. So I would be surprised if Blackhawk men's side has a season this year. Yeah, I think Blackhawk wasn't a team on the list that we got that they were out for the season, but there was a small chance that they were actually going to play basketball. So they were kind of already in that right a step away from, okay, we're not playing. So it makes makes sense. There's a little hot take for you. Well, I appreciate it. I appreciate any hot takes, any exclusiveness on Edge of Your Seat Podcast. You're welcome. Like I said, intro, you're going to the Saginaw Valley State job after leaving Mendota High School. What was the reason for the jump, for the change, the shift? We've talked, and the people that I've, you know, I hold close to, I was always built for college. Uh, that's how I was groomed. Nothing against high school basketball, nothing against Mendota at all. But there was an opportunity to get back into the college ranks at the highest level that I've ever been at. And I feel like I needed to jump on that opportunity. 
Makes sense. And you were at Mendota one year or two years? Yeah, yeah, just one. Just did last. Uh, just did the last season. And I wish them the best of luck in what, however they handle COVID nineteen because everybody's kind of doing their own thing. And however anybody can figure out a way to navigate it, all the power to them. So, are you living in Michigan now after you know getting a job in Michigan and leaving your job in Illinois? Currently here for the holidays. Currently here in Illinois, Peru for the holidays. Um, set to be there and be up there for a season. On, uh, about, I think I'm going to leave the 26th just so I can get up there and established. Start with the ground moving real quickly on the 28th. Did you have to get an apartment? Do they offer you room and board? Like what happens there? So with the job that I have undertaken, they are uh, supplying housing for me through the season through i guess what would be the end of the season and then once the season is over i have to fend for myself in that regard but hopefully that should be no real issue for being there a couple months i can't imagine it's too hard to find housing now what do they offer you like a cot in the basement of a old abandoned building yeah so you know it's like a jail cell no it's like no, I'm just in one of the campus-owned apartment complexes. Personally, would have a two-bedroom, basically a two-bedroom apartment for myself. Whether or not the students or our student athletes live in that apartment complex that have you know multiple, multiple in right locally or couple of cities within you know five to ten miles, or they pick their other one. I have to create those. Uh, connections and contacts to make sure that everybody's got a place to stay okay okay my apartment is within walking distance to the gym so that's exciting don't have to drive you can just walk yeah i mean i don't know how cold it will end up by getting but i have every intention of walking (gasps) michigan gets cold man oh i know the last season i did in michigan was the year that polar vortex or whatever when everything was like negative 40 degrees or However, that was even down here. Oh yeah, so was, it was. Yeah, it was like negative thirty-five here, or something like that. <laughs> right. So that was the last winter I did in in Michigan. So I, I, I think I'm prepared mentally for it. I don't know if you can ever be prepared for that cold. I, yeah, I, <laughs> as long as you don't get hunkered down and you know on house arrest, I think you'll be okay. For sure, for sure, my man. And with that winter and that weather. Plus COVID? Whew. Gotta throw in the woo there, Ric Flair style. You know, styling profiling. Always, always. Have you been paying any attention to college basketball that is being played? I'm not nearly as current as I wish I would be or how I would hope to be because of my basketball junkiness that I, that is what's going on. But I keep as current as I can be. Uh, it's nice to see a couple of new New top dogs this year, and some of them blue bloods falling off the side just a little bit. We'll see what happens come tournament time. And of course, when you say the blue bloods falling off a little bit, you're talking about Duke, Kentucky, Kansas isn't what they usually are. Those three main basketball schools, throw in North Carolina, who was like 22nd in the country, which blows hey, my no mind. Hate, no hatred on my Tar Heels. They'll figure it out, okay? Hey, we'll get there. I'm a Tar Heels fan, too. <laughs> I've always liked North Carolina, but they're not the North Carolina of old. They are not. The mystique of the Blue Blood this year might be crashed, right? You you referenced 
Duke and Kentucky, those are the two I was thinking of. But, you know, you're right. Kansas isn't what it what Kansas was, you know, and how much of that has to deal with, you know, you don't got the Cameron crazies and you don't got rock chalk Jayhawk and, you know, home court advantage mattered in college hoops. That is true. Cause the players always trying to show out for their friends and girlfriends and things. That's you got it. Oh, I played in high school. I know how it is. <laughs> and, and it's wild. You know, it is wild, but it's nice to see, you know, Gonzaga, maybe this is finally their time to get over to home. You know, it's a good program. They've gotten a bad rap. They're not able to win the big one. Who knows? Maybe this is, you know, maybe this is Baylor here. That'd be fun. That'd be different. Those were the two teams that I was initially going to say. Baylor and Gonzaga always like in the top 25-ish, always sort of talking about them. And then, then we're not. And maybe this will be Texas Tech, you know, got there two years ago, couldn't get past Virginia, didn't end up by doing it last year. Maybe Texas Tech can can get there. And we got to throw in Illinois. I mean, Illinois has not been a good team for quite a long time. I mean, they went to the NCAA championship game my freshman year of college, so that would have been 2005. And had yeah, not, lost to my Tar Heels. And lost to the Tar Heels. I remember that game very, very well. Sean May, big dude from Tar Heels. Yep, yep. You know, I like that Illinois basketball is good again. It's good for college basketball. It's obviously good for the state of Illinois. They're on a little bit of a rough patch, but they'll figure it's a long season and everybody's, you know, everybody's dealing with what they have to deal with. Yeah, I mean, most of their best players are young, except Ao is a junior. Desunmu, I always like saying his name. Ao Desunmu, yes. a junior. But then, I mean, you look around the rest of the starting lineup and the big key pieces to Illinois, and they're all freshmen, sophomore. It's a young team. Mm-hmm. It is. That's credit to Brad Underwood and figuring out the the best pieces to play where and when. You know, this was my prediction at the beginning of the year. Whether or not it holds true or not, they'll probably be a two seed in the tournament. Do they have the talent to get to a national title run? Sure. I don't know if they'll get there this year, but it'll be a deep playoff run for them, which will be nice. Yeah, I mean, anytime that Illinois is doing something well and a long playoff run is discussed, that is always good for us. Or good for me, that's yes. for sure. Yes, and it is. I wish them to do well. I definitely do. I wouldn't call myself an Illinois fan, but I wish them to do well. And then when you talk about Illinois, obviously you got to talk about the Big Ten. The Big Ten, for a moment, I don't know about anymore, but they have like six teams ranked in the top 15. You throw in Iowa, Illinois, we've already talked about. Rutgers is a good team. Michigan State is a good team. A couple more yeah, I can list off. Purdue's not Michigan, Ohio State, you know... They made it clear, in my humble opinion, whatever that's worth, that they are the best college basketball conference this season. That's not even close. And that's credit to all those players that came back for another year after losing their season last year and their coaches for figuring it out. I do agree with you about the Big Ten. I mean, they're the power conference of all power conferences in basketball. I guess they got to make up for what happened in football this year, and football in the Big Ten was not good. It is not good. Now, that is something that I don't follow nearly as as much as I do basketball, but, you know, seeing the scores come across the bottom ticker with the the, uh, Big Ten teams, 
I just feel bad, you know. But Ohio State's good. They're giving them some national recognition. They come out with the Final Four, the college football poll after the conference title games yesterday. And Ohio State's third. Notre Dame fell to fourth after getting smacked by Clemson. Clemson's two and then Alabama one. I mean, it's kind of boring because that's what we thought it was going to be going into the season, and it stayed that way. I really wish they would expand the playoffs to a few more than four teams. You do that, you open up can of worms, right? Where do you cut it off? Where would you cut off the number? I know it would take probably 10 years before they would expand it from four, and then it's going to take another 10 years to expand it after that. But me, I think the good number is 16. Oh, 16? I think 16 is good. I mean, you go look at the list, 1 through 16, all of those teams in my mind could be playing for a national championship if you gave them a chance. The problem is, is NCAA is money-hungry, and the teams that are always in these championship games, the Rose Bowls, the Cotton Bowls, all those things, are the schools that bring in the most dollars. That's fair, but maybe, and I don't, I don't disagree with the premise of expanding, Maybe I was thinking the sweet spot would be eight teams. You just double it. You get the Power Five conference championships in there, and then however you would determine the best three teams after that. But, but the problem with that is, is then they'd go back to the money hungry scheme, and it would be the second best team from the SEC, the second best team from the Big Ten, the second best team from. ACC, and that's how it would go, and you're still leaving out tons of teams that from 16 to 10 probably could play with them, and those are the teams that are complaining every year that they're not in it, and we've seen that this year as well. I agree, and I'm no hater on like what you would consider the underdog, because most of the teams I go to are underdogs, but there's a reason they don't win those games, right? You remember a few years ago, Northern played Northern Illinois had the Florida State game in the bowl, and they got crushed, right? Like, it, more often than not, the top dog team usually wins, right? So what's the point of giving them the opportunity if you're money hungry? Because maybe one of those opportunities pays off, but if you only give them the odds once every five to ten years, I mean, those odds aren't going to be high if they don't have those opportunities at a higher number. Absolutely true. I'm all in favor of, of more college sports, so if you want to add like a NCAA January Madness football tournament, I think nobody would ups, be upset about it. No, not at all. And the NCAA should be the ones that would be most happy about it, because think about the excitement, the money that that's going to bring in having those playoff games instead of bowl games that really don't mean much except they're an exhibition game. Right. Essentially, they are an exhibition game, and you want to be able to, as a program, as a coach, as a athletic director, as a player, you want to win your last game, right? That's where it's at. But if you do the tournament style, only one team would win their last game, right? I like it. I mean, nobody asked us to design it, though. <laughs> true, true. But I'm just saying, like, the Australian Outback Bowl, the Midas Carquest Bowl, or, you know, whatever. I know Midas and Carquest are both car companies. Maybe there's a Midas Bowl and a Carquest Bowl, and I think there really is. Nobody cares about those titles. Nobody cares about, oh, well, you won the Red Lobster from Peru, Illinois Bowl. Like, nobody cares. <laughs> right. 
Right. Nobody cares. And if you're not an alumni from that school or have some kind of, you know, personal tie to those schools, you're probably not watching that game on New Year's Day. Not at all. Not at all. So, you bring in a playoff format, brings excitement, it brings dollars, especially when we can actually get to games after COVID-19 stuff. But it brings dollars, brings excitement, brings a, you know, we're playing for something attitude. I believe more people would watch. And you probably get, you know, outside college football fans who just want to watch sports in a competitive winning environment. Probably some more views there as well. Yeah, and, and if you are, you know, driving, trying to drive up TV ratings and, and ticket sales, that's probably your best option. But then in the next five years, if it still comes down to being Alabama and Clemson every year, I mean, I don't know. <laughs> we gave you your shot. Yeah, and I agree with that as well. But I mean, don't know if it would be. I, I don't, I mean. It's a lot harder to upset in football. That is true. That is true. That is very true. But, I mean, we could sit here and go back and forth with all the things, but I believe that this system is just kind of played out. You got four teams, and, I mean, the last five, six years, take out Ohio State, throw in Wisconsin a year, take out Clemson, throw in Auburn a year, and it's pretty much been the same six, seven teams every single time. Yeah, like, you know, Georgia pops up every other year, right? It would have been cool to see, like, last night, you know, Alabama Alabama beat Florida. Great. They won their, you know, umpteenth SEC championship. What if Florida would have won that game? That would have been fun. That would have been fantastic. Right? Like, that would have been fun. You would have got, there would have been a storyline in there somewhere. But I just think about the teams like Texas Tech, or is it Texas A&M? Texas A&M should be in there this year. I mean, knock out Notre Dame. They just got smacked by Clemson. And you think they're going to beat Alabama? Like, that's the draw? Come on. Yeah. I agree with you on that one. Not a big Notre Dame guy. I'm not, I'm not a hater, but I'm not a big Notre Dame guy. Last year, who was it? Was it Central Florida? That should have gotten in. There was a team that was undefeated, right? Yeah, and I believe it was them, and they were monsters and didn't even get a shot. Right. Like, I'm with you, but those are so few and far between scenarios, so it's hard to argue to put them in. I mean, I'm with you. It'd be fun to watch. I mean, I'd sit there and, you know, hope for the underdog, but... Well, as long as you and I would watch, then I think that's all they need to make this switch happen. I agree, right? It's, I mean, you got two viewers. The two that only matter like they don't even need right. anybody else right i'm with you <laughs> it's their world we just live in it right right since we we're talking about football before i let you go i know you're a packers fan i'm a bears fan packers got the big dub over the panthers on saturday the bears just beat the vikings about 20 minutes ago so both our squads got a w this week yeah, and it's nice to see that the Bears have a shot at this wild card. I think we said before, you know, that's the perfect name for it because of the scenarios that could happen. Bears need a little bit of help, but I think I think they might squeak in. So the Bears would have to win out, and the Cardinals right? would have to lose. Arizona Cardinals would have to lose. Would have to lose one, right? Yes. Because you'll have the same. You have the same record. Question mark. With the Bears' win, they're now at 
seven and seven they are chasing the arizona cardinals to get into the wild card spot they're seven and six and almost halftime they're beating the philadelphia eagles by two touchdowns so it's not going to be this week that arizona falls to help the bears get in in all honesty i'm not you know sitting up here on my high horse or anything but we'll just take the first round by the number one overall seed and we'll see y'all in the in the nfc championship game <laughs> Uh, the typical Packers fan. Sorry, we like to win. I don't know what else to tell you. The crazy thing is, is even though year in, year out, the Packers are cool, they have not won a Super Bowl since I was in college like 10 years ago. Yeah, what, 2011, right? Something like that? Yeah, I believe so. As a, a Packer fan that's done it his, you know, majority of his life, I am really upset that we have gone through two Hall of Fame quarterbacks and only got two Super Bowls. Yeah, that is crazy. That blows my mind. One with Brett Favre and one with Aaron Rodgers, who are top ten, no doubt. Uh, right? I mean, at least contemporarily-wise, right? In the modern era, they are two of the best to ever do it. And we got two Super Bowls out of it. One apiece. You sit there on top of the division, you can only win the division so many times. It's, it's upsetting. It's upsetting. <laughs> As a Packer fan, it's most it's most upsetting. As a Bears fan, I don't mind it. Yeah, no kidding. You haven't been to a Super Bowl since I've been in college. Uh, 2006, we were in one. I know, I wasn't in college then. Yeah, yeah, that's just because you're young. I know, it's great. I love to say that, you know, because it makes the Bears drought look that much worse. <laughs> I think I was a junior. I believe I was a junior. Because I took a year and a half break after uh, a family tragedy so i started in august of 04 went to seven and then came back in nine and graduated in 10 so ah so you were in college so yeah so i expanded it a little bit but yeah definitely watched the bears i was working at steak and shake and we had the game on in the back room i did not flip many burgers that day i wouldn't want to be a uh, a customer in in that in that day and age. That's for sure. Yeah. Which, what are you doing going to Steak and Shake anyway? Just, you know, have a Super Bowl party. Right. Thought that's what everybody did. Make some wings, some nachos. You don't need Steak and Shake. Yeah. yeah, you don't need Steak and Shake. Not that day. No, not at all. All right, my man, before I let you get out of here, let's play a game. It is Sunday, December 20th. We are only... Four days away from Christmas Eve, five days away from Christmas. Let's play a game. Let's make it Christmas. Let's do rank them and rank Christmas movies. Are you ready for this? I'm ready. I'm ready. This will be interesting. Yeah, it should be. So I'm going to give you five. You can start either way you want to. One is going to be the best, the movie that you like the most. Five is going to be the one you like the least. With a little asterisk next to it saying it's just the one out of these five I like the least. I'm not hating on this movie. Truth. Truth. So, the five movies I'm going to give to you. Christmas Story. Christmas Vacation. Home Alone. Okay. Santa Claus. And The Grinch. Which Grinch? Ooh. Which one do you like better? The Jim Carrey Grinch. So we'll go Jim Carrey. Okay. So the, the Jim Carrey Grinch... Christmas Story, Christmas Vacation, The Santa Claus, and Home Alone. Those are the five, right? Those are the five. All right. So I think number one would be the Jim Carrey Grinch movie. 
that's where I'm headed. I'm a big Jim Carrey guy. I thought it was thought it was hilarious. Classically, I'd probably have to put Christmas Vacation at number three. So I'm leaving spot two open for now. And then I got, what, Home Alone, The Santa Claus, and A Christmas Story? Yep. All right, so I would put Home Alone at four, A Christmas Story at five, so then The Santa Claus would be two. So for the at-home listeners, one would be Jim Carrey's How the Grinch Stole Christmas. Two would be Tim Allen's The Santa Claus. Three would be Christmas Vacation. Four would be Home Alone, and five would be A Christmas Story. Okay, okay, I see you. That was a little jump around, but I see how you put the puzzle together. Yes, you know, a lot of wheels and whistles move around in my head when I'm thinking. I just got to put it all in, in motion. Gotcha, gotcha. Where's your five? What, what, is your, what is your list? Ooh, these five. Home Alone is one. Easy, easy one. Okay. Two... I'm going to go Santa Claus, three Christmas vacation, four Grinch, five Christmas story. Okay. And I think the only reason five Christmas story for me anyway is because growing up, you get a little burned out having it be on 24 hours a day. That's exactly why it's five on my list. Exactly why. Right? Standalone movie, I'm a fan. 24 hours a day for the last, let's say, 20 years of our lives. You just know it word for word. Yeah, I can pretty much, in my head, picture the movie like scene by scene. Uh-huh. So, and that's fine. It's still funny. It still makes me laugh, but just a little watered down now. Yeah, you got the image of him sliding down the slide with Santa. Yes. And then he's trying to climb back up to tell him what he wants, and then Santa kicks him down the slide. Right. The dog and coming the bumper, to the table. And the bumpus' dogs yes. taking over the, the kitchen. Yes. You a lot got... of classic scenes. Great movie. Just, you know, take it off TBS for 24 hours a day. <laughs> right. And the one scene that I will never forget, I wanted to try this as a kid, I was smart enough not to, was to lick the pole. Ah, you didn't stick your tongue to a pole. I did not. I was very happy and proud of myself for not doing that as a kid. That's good. I tried it. I tried it. Did you get stuck? I did. Not like that, but I did get stuck. <laughs> That's great. That's great. It does work. It, it does indeed work. You know, you, you, you picture the two scenes of the Christmas story kid stuck his tongue to the flagpole, and then you have Dumb and Dumber, and he sticks his tongue to the ski lift, right? Both of those are iconic, hilarious, funny scenes. Didn't stick like that for me. Maybe it was a little warmer out. I don't know. Hmm. Maybe you just don't have the right type of tongue or something. I, uh, well, I promise you this. I'm not going to try it this year. <laughs> That's a good idea. That's a good idea not to try it. You know, public service announcement from Edgy Your Seat Podcast. Do not stick your tongue to a frozen pole. <laughs> it's great for movies. Don't do it in real life. Right. Well, Justin Jacobson, thank you. It is always a pleasure speaking with you. How many times have you been on this show now? Is this three? Uh, I believe this is four. Oh, wow. I believe this is four. I could be wrong, but I think it's four. We'll have you back on any time. I think you know this by now. I, You know, it's, it's wonderful, and, and hopefully, you know, 
every time I come on, I'd, I'd love to have some news for you. But if not, then we just need to be two buddies, you know, shooting the crap, then that's what we'll do. Definitely. I totally agree. Best wishes. I know you know the game of ball. Obviously, that's why Saginaw Valley State has hired you. And I know you're going to do good things there. So congrats on the new position, man. And try to stay warm and out of ditches in Michigan. Yes, thank you. I appreciate that. You know, best of luck if IVCC can get their season off the ground and running. You know, I hope the best for you and hope the best for any hoops season if anybody's going to have one.